And thank you as well to Elder Grace for uh, that, that beautiful prayer. Uh, it really ties in with uh, the scripture passage and today's message for us. As in the passage, Jesus called the rich man a fool. Why was he foolish? That's what we want to reflect upon today. He didn't call him a bad man or an evil man, but a foolish man. So in what way was he foolish? His land produced abundantly. It seemed like he worked really hard. He didn't seem like he cheated anyone. He didn't exploit anyone. He was a person that I think many of us would respect. You know, when the land produced more than his barns could produce, he tore down those original barns and built up new ones. This is something that any prudent investor would do, isn't it? And then, yes, he wanted to relax and enjoy his life. I mean, didn't he deserve to enjoy the fruits of his labor? You know, some of you are uh, nearing retirement, or a lot of us are think, think of retirement. Uh, we want to make sure that there is indeed enough for us to enjoy many years, don't we? I don't think there's anything foolish in that. It's not the fact that he was rich. Or the fact that he wanted to enjoy the wealth that he accumulated that made him foolish. I mean, working hard, being successful, and wanting to enjoy the fruits of your labors is not foolish. Many of you have had to work very hard to support your families, yourselves, and your loved ones. It's not an easy thing to do, and it's what we need to do. As I reflect on this, Jesus was pointing to something much deeper. What made the rich man foolish was that he thought enjoying his accumulated wealth was the ultimate measure of life. There was nothing much more to life beyond that. Isn't that what many people believe in life today? Make some money, relax. Eat, drink, be merry. That's the motto. Those are the MTV music videos I grew up with. That's probably the image on social media, Instagram these days. This is the life. I mean, yes, money enables us to do that. And it's a great thing. I mean, human beings, we need to relax. We can't just work all the time. We need to relax. We need to enjoy food and drink with family and friends. It's what makes us tick. That's what summer picnics, barbecues, holiday gatherings are all about. This is the kind of fellowship we missed so dearly when everything was locked down and we couldn't see each other. And all of us, we never want to go back to that. The man was not foolish because he enjoyed the good life that money brought him. He was foolish because he believed that his money would make his other problems go away. Money certainly makes many things in life easier. It can solve a lot of problems and make things go much more smoothly. You can do many more things for your body and health. You can have a better house, or not even just a better house, even a house, right? You can have a better education, more access to things that will enhance your skills and abilities. If you have enough money, you should be very thankful and feel very blessed. 
But money cannot solve all of life's problems. Money will improve our outer circumstances, but it cannot improve the matters of our soul, your inner being. And that was the folly of the rich man. This is what he says. Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. I mean, look at that carefully. He's telling his soul to relax because of the wealth he had stored up. You know, the soul is the seat of a person. It is the innermost being of the person. I mean, he was foolish because he was equating his outer circumstances with his inner person. What folly. Somehow his wealth made him an expert in the soul. That's what's going on. Spiritual arrogance in a way. That having money entitles you to make a judgment on your soul. I mean, we may say that money can't buy happiness, but our actions often prove otherwise. We believe deep down that if we have an abundance of money, then we really shouldn't complain about anything else. We hear that all the time, right? Yeah, I mean, it's all right, but I shouldn't complain. You know, I'm, I'm so blessed. And we should be thankful that all should be well. It's as though having money should make our souls well. When we're feeling a little unsettled and restless, I mean, isn't it really at the essence that our souls are not feeling well? But it's as though if I have money, then my soul should be well. Money has replaced God as the healer of our souls. Money has replaced God as the destination that our soul strives for. At church, we sing the song, you know, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. But in reality, this world has made our souls long after the things that money can buy. I mean, no wonder our souls are sick. Our souls have been going after the wrong thing. We've been feeding our souls the wrong medicine. The body needs food that, the mon that money can buy. But our souls need God and the spiritual things that flow from God. Yes, money can make our lives much easier and more comfortable, but it can never give rest for our souls. So it is good to enjoy our abundance, but let us never fool ourselves into thinking that it will give us rest for our souls. St. Augustine wrote this many centuries ago. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Only God can bring us rest for our souls. There's a famous hymn that starts like this. It's first verse. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And that's the whole chorus too. It is well with my soul. 
I mean, what powerful, moving words. What prompted the writer to come up with this? This hymn was written by uh, someone named Horatio Spatford. He had been a successful lawyer and businessman in the Chicago in the late 1800s. Life was going well, but then tragedy and trauma hit his life. First, his four-year-old son died. And then uh, there was a great Chicago fire of 1871 that pretty much wiped away his fortune. It ruined him. And then things got worse because an economic downturn came. And things got so bad that he had to, he, he had to send his family away to other family in England. So uh, his four daughters and his wife, he put them on a ship while he remained behind to try to deal with financial affairs. But then en route uh, to Europe in the Atlantic, the ship sunk. And four, all four of his daughters died. Only his wife remained as the sole survivor of his whole family. It really reminds me of Job. Everything he had was gone. He was broke, broken, facing tragedy and loss. And that is when somehow he wrote this beautiful hymn that somehow it is well with my soul. Only God's presence could lead him to say that it is well with my soul. What a powerful testimony to the one who truly makes our souls well. The rich man was foolish because he equated the fullness of his life with the fullness of his bank account. He didn't understand the depths of the human heart. You know, our human hearts are complex. And this is why a true spiritual journey, it's so mysterious. It's so deep and it's so fascinating. We can never stop growing spiritually because our hearts are so deep and vast. I mean, we can never boil down the state of our souls to the state of our finances. I mean, in the finance world especially, you are literally judged by the numbers you produce and the compensation you receive. I know, that's the whole environment of it. But our souls can never be reduced to a bottom line. I mean, we don't know who we are because we've allowed ourselves to be defined by the visible metrics of money and our possessions. And that was like what Grace was praying about. That's our confession. You are a complex individual with a unique history, unique experiences, and a personality and talents. Nobody in this world can replicate who you are. And that, God has said, is good. That is how God lovingly, tenderly created each individual. God does not reduce us to a number on a balance sheet. We are God's precious creation. So let's not be foolish like the rich man who equated his life with his wealth. The second reason the rich man was foolish is because it was all about him. Take a look closely at what he says. 
What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. And even though I noticed, I even missed some eyes and mys. There's so many of them, right? It's all I and my. In other words, the sole purpose of his wealth was to enjoy it for himself. I think I was reflecting a lot on this, you know, uh, struggling really. Uh, this is a very challenging passage in many ways, but I realized there's something funny that money does to us. If we're not aware, if we're not careful, money, without realizing it, makes us more self-indulgent and selfish. Not in like an overtly like greedy kind of way, but um, it becomes easy to just keep enjoying for the things that money can afford. I mean, life starts to become very busy uh, enjoying. Uh, it's a busy race of spending and enjoying what our money can offer. And it gets easier and easier just to be comfortable with the lifestyle that money affords and, and then to start forgetting about others. I realize that money separates you from those who don't have as much because they can't afford the kind of lifestyle that you have. And so your social circles even start to change to those of similar means. The life that money brings makes us forget about people in need. And somehow we start rationalizing it and justifying it. And then we start looking down on, on those who don't have as much. There's a lot of this stuff that happens. The busier we get with enjoying the life that money allows, it becomes easier to leave our souls unattended. That's the true danger. Our souls become unattended to. Jesus provides a warning in this passage. He says, take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. If we're not careful, money can make us very selfish. We have to always be on guard to see what effect money is having on us. I mean, wealth and abundance are great blessings. I think God looks favorably upon blessings. When God called Abraham to be the father of a chosen people, he begins with the promise to bless him. God said this to Abraham, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God did bless Abraham tremendously. He became a very rich man. But the purpose of blessing is not for us to hoard it for ourselves. Blessings are meant to be shared. Not only did Abraham become rich, wherever he went, others around him did well too. And amazingly, that's what happened to his Son, Isaac, his grandson, Jacob, and his great-grandson, Joseph, too. You know, in Joseph, he went through so much. Uh, he was sold by his brothers into slavery. He went into one house and a jail. But, but it's surprising, wherever he went, everything around him prospered. Right? That was the promise that God made to Abraham. 
And so Joseph, even in difficult circumstances, was able to be a blessing to others. That is God's intention of blessing. It is to bless the world through the abundance we receive. God wants to bless our lives. God wants our lives to be abundant. But God wants your blessings to be blessings to others around you. We are meant to live in circles of mutual blessing. In blessing others, I too receive much blessing in return. The thing about greed is that greed generates a lot of energy, but it's not an energy that blesses others. Greed makes us feel like we never have enough. And so that's the energy. It's my desire because I don't have enough. And uh, so underneath that, it's a lot of fear that if I don't get enough, somehow I'm not going to survive or make it. And so greed keeps us small to ourself, selfish. God's path to blessing is through sharing and giving. The path to blessing is knowing that God provides all that I need and even more so that I can freely give to others because what I have is God's in the first place. And I believe that. God gives us what we need and often more than that. So we should be thankful for having what we need. Any more than that should be shared with others. Instead of being captive to greed. Pray every day to God for your daily bread. Give thanks each day for what God has provided you for that day. You know, the Israelites, once they escaped Egypt, they spent 40 years in the wilderness. They, there was no food or water. There was no land to cultivate in the desert there. So they learned to rely completely on God. Every morning, God sent manna from the skies. And so every morning they would go and gather just what they needed for that day. If they tried to gather more than they needed for that day, it would rot and spoil. So day by day they learned to depend on God's provision. That should be the attitude of our life each day. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for giving me what I need. Help me to be satisfied with what I need and help me to share what I don't. That's the simple philosophy God has given to us through all of scriptures. And the thing with sharing is in sharing, a community is formed. That's the thing about, I realize about community. A community can only really be formed through giving and sharing. It can never be formed when it's uh, comprised of people who only take. The early church in Acts was formed through this giving and sharing. In fact, the church was born when people sold all their possessions and gave everything for the common good. That's how the church was birthed. That's how this church was born. It was born through just uh, immigrants from Korea who were running their small businesses and with their modest income gave sacrificially, gave generously so that we today can have this wonderful, blessed community. Giving and sharing create community. And it creates community that blesses the giver in return, more so than what we give. So I've realized that this is the secret to life. That life, when we discover it of giving and sharing, 
we get so much more in return. That is the secret that the rich man did not see. And this is why Jesus called him a fool. Giving and sharing means the giving and sharing of both our money and our time. And that's what the early followers did. They gave all their possessions and they prayed together day and night. You know, the early immigrants, they had nowhere else to go. So they gave their money and they came to church uh, and formed community. I know in this day and age, time and money are both tight. There's never seems to be enough of either. The demands on both our time and our wallets, they're incessant and unending. It's hard to invest any giving into community. But this is what gives real joy to our souls. So we need to examine regularly how we are spending our time and our money. This examination is part of our spiritual practice that we should do daily. You know, anytime I talk to someone uh, either new or and then somehow gets to, oh, what do I do or and then oh, what did I used to do? The, the first question always is like, well, do you ever miss what you did? You know, so usually I provide a short answer, no, I don't, not at all. And then it's kind of like, oh, cool, cool, you know. Um, but I think underlying that question is like, what were you thinking, right? Um, but here's my more complete response. Yes, after I made the change to ministry, have I had to make many changes? Yes, of course I have. I know Deb still gets quite stressed out every time the credit card bill comes every month. She gets stressed out every time I have to preach too. She always asks, do you enjoy what you do? Right? I could never do that. But you know what? We, we have enough. God provides our daily bread. And with the enough that we have, I'm able to live a rich life in relationships, community, and serving others. I mean, this past week, uh, we took our summer camp kids to a, a Koreatown. Uh, and we sat in the morning for a while at Christie Pitts and just kind of let the kids play. The, the kids were running around the playground. The youth camp were kind of like splashing around in the wading pool. And even the counselors, they were, they were just having fun with the kids and letting them roll down the hills and stuff like that. And it, I don't know, it brought such joy to me. And I, I think I almost literally said to myself, soul, it is well. I wouldn't have been able to experience this kind of joy if I was working at a desk in an office like I did in a previous life. So to me, it's been a privilege to be present. I've had that privilege to be present when someone is suffering. I've shared the joys of happy moments in people's lives. I've listened to the deepest matters of the heart. I've witnessed people change and grow. I mean, when I think of all this, I wonder who is the truly blessed one. I feel like the most blessed person in the world because I get to experience these real things of life on a full-time basis. I know that not everyone can do that. I receive this blessing too because of the community. Because of you who have called me to serve this community and you who give your resources so that people like me can focus fully on the work of serving this community. And honestly, sometimes I feel pretty guilty because I'm, I'm having all this good time and I feel like the most blessed person in this community. I mean, I'm here to serve, but I feel like I have received the most. 
I really believe that I've discovered the secret to joy in life. Jesus told this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and reburied. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. He found this treasure. He didn't want it to be snatched away, so he kind of put it down and sold everything he had and bought this land because he wanted that treasure. It was more valuable than everything else that he had. Yes, I feel like I found this kind of treasure that comes from God and connection in community. It's worth more than all the money in the world to me. I know that not all of you can do the same thing. There's responsibilities, financial obligations, uh, things you need to do. But I believe there is a treasure for all of you, each and every one, waiting to be found and discovered. So ask yourself if you have found this treasure in life. Because when you found it, it's worth more than anything that money can buy. Seek and keep on seeking. Ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Because our God is faithful. God will lead you to this treasure. I really believe that. Your soul is so precious to God. And God wants to fill your soul and bless you so abundantly. Let us sing together.